This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hi, good evening. It's Rabbi Wallerstein. Um, I hope that Tisha B'Av is going to happen because the 9th of Av is the 9th of Av, but we should have Taka Yantiv this year and we should all be in Eretz Yisrael and uh, no videos because I don't, I don't think they're going to let videos in the base of Migdash. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I doubt it. Anyway, uh, but if Mashiach doesn't come and we don't have the third base of Migdash, so we have Ornava and. Um, 10.30 um, at uh, 2201 East 23rd Street, corner of Avenue V. 10.30, Matzi Shabbos, um, I will be speaking for an hour. And the following day, uh, 11 o'clock, I will be speaking, followed by Jackie Bitton, followed by Rabbi Fre- Gil Freeman, followed by Charlie Harari, followed by Rabbi Lebo Lamb, followed by Rabbi W. Golasa. So we're a whole day, plus in between, we have both Chobot Chaim programs. Um, so um, you're all invited to come. It's live if you come to uh, East 23rd Street, 2201 in Ornava, or we're live streaming it. So being live streamed, go to ornava.com, follow all the things you need to follow, and we should all talk and be in Eretz Yisrael for, for this Yom Tov. Um, I asked Rabbi Gamliel, my Rebbe, what's the kavona, what's the kavona a person should have on, um, on Tisha B'Av? What, what should you be thinking about? So um, there's two kavonas. One was his cover, and one I heard from someone else. So one was that <coughs> we think that we had a Holocaust. We, we look at it that so many people died, and, 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 and so what happened in the Holocaust? What happened in the Holocaust was most people lost their homes, right? Um, their houses were destroyed. Their towns were destroyed. Their country was destroyed. They ended up in, you know, running here or there and refugees, whatever it is. And a lot of people died. So he says, so he says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still living in a Holocaust because he still doesn't have a home. So we, we came to America, wherever, to Israel, wherever we went, so we have a home. He said, he said that when you're sitting on the floor, when you're sitting Tisha B'Av, even in the afternoon, you should be thinking that at the end of Tisha B'Av, at Chatzos, I got up, I'm sitting on my, I'm sitting on a chair, right? At Chatzos, you can get up at a chair, 107, whatever it is. But it says in the Medrash Eicha that Akash Barucho and Tishbav, the whole Tishbav, not Chatzais, the whole Tishbav, he gets off the throne. We can't even understand what this means. He gets off the Kisei Akavod and he sits on the floor, whatever the, whatever that means. But he doesn't sit on the Kisei Akavod on Tishbav. He doesn't. He so Rabbi Gamliel said that we have to be thinking that well, we're sitting on a chair and then we go home and we eat and we have our house and we go to sleep and. And, and this year you don't have to, there's different halachas, um, because of, because it's a nidcha, it's already pushed off. And, uh, and you go back to life. Monday morning, everyone's at work. Shower and shave, whatever, if you shave, whatever, haircut, ready to go. It's, it's Shabbos Nachamu, party time. That's it. We got, Tisha Bob's over. We're thinking, okay, where am I going for Shabbos Nachamu? Make my phone call, hotel, band, there's a big concert, Matu Shabbos. Girls, God, God's not thinking that. What changed? What changed when Tisha B'Av's over in God's world? Did, um, are there Jews that are not dying from sicknesses? Are there girls that are not married? Are there people that are having children? Are, is, did he get his home back? Did he get Eretz Yisrael back? Did he get his country back? No. Did he get his home back? Yushalayim? Just on the other side of the castle is the mosque. The Arabs and the Armenians and the Christians and everybody, did he get his home back? No, he didn't get Yushalayim back. Did he get his house back? Did he get the base of Migdash? No. No party, no concert for Shem. The Shechina is, is dressed in black a whole year. He said, it's very nice. You get, you're going back to your families and you got your home back. Think about God. He didn't get anything back after, after Tisha B'Av. While you're sitting on a chair, he's sitting on the floor. He says, you have to be misabel, you have to be in pain, together with the Shekhinah that's in pain, and then maybe you'll have the gulas. People don't think like that. They're already, everybody's cooking, already after chatzais, dava mincha, and that's it. The soup's up, potato soup's up, everything's already being prepared. And that's what he wants. He doesn't, he, he, Hashem doesn't want you to, to sit like that. But, but let me tell you something I said last night. Somebody asked me a good question on it this morning. I don't know the answer yet, but I said last night I still want to say for that that why does 
why does a parent, a parent who loses a child, which is the ultimate pain and ultimate loss, only only um, only has 30 days of Avelis? A husband and a wife only have 30 days of Avelis. If they lose, if a spouse loses a spouse, but if you lose a parent, it's a year. Why is a parent a year and a child is 30 days or a spouse is only 30 days? So the answer is that if someone loses a child, it's so painful, they don't need to be reminded by saying Kaddish or davening for the Ahmed um, or not going to weddings or being an Oval. They don't need to, rem- to be reminded a whole year because that hole that's in their heart doesn't, doesn't get filled. So they're always thinking about that child and they're always in pain. A person who, who lost a wife or a wife that lost a husband, they go home every night. In Eicha, it says that, that Yushalayim is like an almana, like a widow. Why, why not like an orphan? It would sound more like Yushalayim is an orphan. It says because, because a widow, she comes home every night, she goes to her room, and the bed next to her is empty. She, sit at, she sits at the kitchen table, or the dining room table, and the chair at the head of the table, the chair next to her, is empty. So she always knows she's, she lost her husband, or a husband that lost his wife. The bed next to him is empty, and the chair next to him is empty. So they don't need to be reminded. So they only have 30 days. Right, so that was the question someone asked me this morning. How come a brother and sister, only has to wait 30 days, not a year? I don't know. I have to look, I have to look into it. I don't know. Maybe there's also that type of connection. I don't know. Because they're on the same level, but parents, because I'll say, but parents, listen, it's your parent, but you go to work the next day, and if you have kids and you have grand or whatever, so it's you miss them, but but within a month or two, you totally forget them. So we say, no, we're not going to let you forget them. It's a cottage for a year. You can't go to weddings for a year. We're not letting you forget them. We sort of lost, we didn't lose him, but but definitely the relationship, the closeness. Of of the of before the destruction of the base of Migdash and now it's very very different, so it's sort of we lost our father. We didn't lose Hashem, otherwise the world wouldn't be. But we sort of we lost that relationship with our father. Because Baruch Hu lost his children. So who's in more pain, a person who loses a parent or a person who loses a child? It's natural. It's natural. The natural way is every. Every child will lose a parent. If, if, they live, if everyone lives as close as long as they are, it's, it's in our DNA to be able to handle that because that's normal. You're going to lose your parent before you go. If you, if you live a normal life and they live a normal life, you're going to lose your parent. But it's not normal to lose a child. It's not natural to lose a child. So the pain that Akash Baruch Hu has in this separation is is much, much more. But imagine, imagine if you forget your father, if you, if you rebel against your father, the children that go, we go off to Derek and the Averis that we do, whatever it is. So he said, you need really tissue of the time to cry? It's very deep. They said, Midish was a building, girls. Was it, yeah, it was Kaddish, but it was a building. It was made out of bricks. It was made out of stone. It was made out of in, inanimate objects. We didn't lose the base of Migdash. We lost Hashem. We lost this relationship, this crazy close relationship with God. He was, he was living amongst us. I, I don't have the Medjish. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about on Tisha B'Av. He, he didn't want to leave us. He, he left, he left the base of Migdash, it says, and he, and he just moved to, into Yerushalayim. And, and, and he waited for us to do tshuva. And then after seven years, he said we didn't do tshuva. So he moved out of Yerushalayim into the rest of Eretz Yisrael. And he said, no, they're going to do tshuva. They're going to do tshuva. And then he moved, and he was sort of hovering over the Beis HaMikdash, waited another seven years, and then he went up to Shemayim, whatever that means. So he, like, he didn't want to leave us. And, and, and that's really... Internally, that's really what we have to work on Tisha B'Av. Everyone's crying over the destruction of Beis HaMikdash. Beis HaMikdash was bricks. It was Kaddish, but it was bricks. It's the loss of the relationship with God. And, and if all you're thinking about the whole, you know, Tisha B'Av is Shabbos Nachamu, and talking to your friends, 
That's um, not how you sit shiva for, for a parent. You sit shiva for a parent. You don't talk to your friends and 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 and, and you 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 cry. You 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 have pain. You have you have a void. What's the void? So, so I always when I when I'm going to when I go to Menachem Lovell, I tell the people that it says Hamakam Yenachem Eschem Meshavol Zimushalayim. What does that mean? This place should uh, comfort you amongst the other um, mourners of Yerushalayim. What place? This place? What place? What does it mean? So, a very big tzaddik said Hamakam, the place in your heart that your parent is, even when they die. They're still there. So that should be the Nechama. person dies, you don't see them, you can't feel them, you're not talking to them, you don't hear them. But the place that the person's in your heart, that, that never changes. Is that how we feel about Hashem? Do we have Hashem in our heart the same way that we had Hashem in our heart when we had the Beis HaMikdash? So it's not about the Beis HaMikdash being destroyed. It's about the distance that Klai Yisrael has from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I was just talking to someone, someone wanted to talk a little bit of politics with me, I don't really get into politics. They're talking about all this killing that happened in, in, in Texas and in uh, Chicago and in other places, in Ohio. We, we the, the rabbis, have been talking about this. We live in this Western civilization that's supposed to be so advanced. And, and, it's not Badachi HaTayra. The, the America is not run by the Torah. It's run by the Supreme Court and Congress and the Senate and the President. And, and this is supposed to be an advanced, you know, intellectual, uh, progressive nation, America. And you got guys walking in with gu- machine guns and just shooting innocent little kids, six-year-old kids. Shooting a six-year-old kid for what? He can't defend himself. Women, old people, just just shooting them. And you're talking about 22 people. 22 people. That's a lot of people. It doesn't matter how many people. And and they can't get a law passed that when you, before you buy a gun, check them out. Check them out. Before we hire anybody in the ranch, before I hire anyone to work for me in the ranch, I do background checks. Not a gun. Not buying a gun. Someone's going to work for you. You want a background check just to make sure. No. Progressive. You have no right. We in America have rights. You have no right. If I want to go online and write anti-Semitism and I'm going to kill all the Jews because it's legal, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom of gun, the gut, right? you can do whatever you want because it's not Das Torah. In the history of the Jewish nation, did a Jew ever, a Jew, uh, 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 someone who follows B'derach Hashem, buy a gun and just shoot other Jews? No. No. Because we, we work B'derach Hashem. We're not progressive. So the, the laws that supposedly are intellectual, progressive, um, legal laws, right? The Supreme Court of America cannot paskin, or are not, they could, but they're not, that before you sell a machine gun, why is a guy buying a machine gun? When you go hunting for deer, you don't, you don't shoot with a machine gun. Why is a person buying a machine gun? He's gotta, he's gotta wanna do something not good. No, no freedom, you're not allowed to check him up. You're not allowed to check on him. People don't realize that the, the, when you go to Dachi Hashem, in the Tyridika world, this, no one ever took a machine gun and just shot people up for no reason. doesn't exist. doesn't exist. That's the Derech Hashem. But you know what? We have no base on Megdash. We don't have the, the Shechina, it's Shruya. The Shechina is by the Kaisa, whatever. It's a very different relationship. There's a, there's a, a wall. And, and, and the, human, the human race is... is Running its world on the liberal, and in this time, in this place, to consider the liberals say abortion. The kid could be eight months old. Take him, cut him into pieces, and take him out. 
the heartbeat doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you're alive. So the liberals, that's that's fine. You can that's that's not a problem. Whoever wants to marry each other can marry each other. Whatever you want to do, whoever you want to be. I told you to start my kid, my, my 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 student on the on the Palisades Parkway. So there's a new thing in America today. You can be whoever you want to be. I don't want to get into the whole thing, but you want to be a boy, you're a boy. You want to be a girl, you want to be you're a girl. You want to be both, you want to be neither. Whatever you want, whatever you want. It's you can be whoever you want to be. So you can go to every. It's it's Sadaim. I don't think Sadaim had that you can go to any bathroom you want because you don't even know who you are. In all of the midrashim in about Sadaim, it doesn't say that. It says some crazy stuff they did, but that they didn't say. So they can't remember. You can be whoever you want to be. So so they can't even ask. They can't even. I was on the phone for my wife. And, they, and, 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 and I was trying to say that I'm calling for Esther Wallerstein, but it sounded like I'm Esther Wallerstein. The girl wouldn't even ask, are you Esther Wallerstein? Because she'll be in trouble. You can't ask me because my voice sounds like this, that I'm not Esther Wallerstein. So they wouldn't even ask me if I'm Esther Wallerstein. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not Esther Wallerstein. I'm calling for Esther Wallerstein. They're not allowed to. They're not allowed to. So it's a crazy world. It's a in a world. No base on me. There's no God. No nothing. It's a crazy world. So the liberal side of the world, right? Whatever you want. So one of my students is driving on the Palisades Parkway, and he gets pulled over. He's doing like 70 miles an hour and a 50 mile an hour speed limit. Trooper pulls him over, says, license, registration, insurance. You know, you're doing 75 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour. I'm going to issue you a summons. Okay? That's Palisades Parkway. is tough. He looks at the state at the trooper and he says you can't give me a summons he says excuse me excuse me son what do you mean I can't give you a summons he goes I'm a duck <laughs> what he tells him I'm a duck the policeman says you're a what he says hey it's America you can be whatever you want today I decided I'm a duck you can't you cannot give a summons to a duck Policeman said, get out of your vehicle. And he did a breathalyzer test. He thought he was drunk. He thought he was high. Right? He, of course he got the summons. Thought it was funny, but he, got, he was going to get the summons anyway. So, He's a duck. Today I'm a duck. Right? So, 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 on the li- so let's say you're on the, you're on the liberal side, which is, can I get a title cooler? The liberal side, so you can kill kids. Right? Heartbeat doesn't mean anything. Third trimester, second trimester, crazy. Sidaim. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if Sidaim allowed that. Okay. So, I don't agree with that side. So let's go to the conservative side. Conservative side says, hey, Constitution, if somebody wants to buy a machine gun, you can't ask him, are you crazy? Can you look up his medical records? Are you bipolar? Is this a bad day for you? Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Are you, are you PTSD? Are you like? Are you on medication? Hey, anytime you want to, I, I went. I went to renew my license. Do you wear glasses? They asked me because Chas Shalom, I should drive my car without glasses. But sell him a machine gun and don't ask him any questions, right? So the conservative side, right? That part of the Supreme Court is saying you can't ask him anything. Guy walks in, swaggering in, looking like a mass murderer, and says. Give me that machine gun, that M16 machine gun. You can't ask him any questions. Can I see your health records? What happened to you in high school? Did you make it through college? Do you have a degree? Like, do you have any prior arrests? So everyone's like in shock that people are getting shot. And and, 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 never, and, and first question is, were there any Jewish people? It's a silly question. There, Hashem, every human being in this world, Hashem brought into this world and, and he's, he's a Tzalem Kim. doesn't matter whether they're Jews or not. They're human beings. Innocent, good, nice people who went to a mall to buy ice cream for their kids. Or to buy something in the summer, something nice for their kids. They did nothing wrong, right? So, this is a world without Tyra. This is a world without a Beis HaMikdash. This is a world without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Without the world being led by a Tyra. So the liberals do their thing, the conservatives do their thing, little babies are dying, and older people are dying. And, and this is a progressive, civilized nation. 
there was a, there was a, an article in a newspaper many years ago that they, um, they I, I've said this before, they went to interview some um, cannibals in, in the Amazon forest. They still have people who eat people. Right? So you have to make sure if you're Jewish not to go because they love kosher food. But anyway, <laughs> so, so they, they, had, they had these dishes in the village, these television satellite dishes. So the guys are living in the Amazon. They're eating people, but they got TVs. Right? So they're civilized, but they're not civilized. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, the Bedouins. So the Bedouins live in the desert. They live off the desert, right? And they have a generator, and they have this huge satellite dish. They watch TV, right? But they live out in the desert, and they're like, they have a satellite. So, so these people who came to interview the cannibals said, we realize that you realize that you're living in a civilized world. They have dishes, right? I don't mean dishes that you eat on, for those who are watching who don't know what a dish is, right? I'm, I'm talking about uh, television dishes. Anyway, so, so how, do you still, how do you still eat people? Like, how do, if you're civilized, like, how do you still eat people? So this guy, who was like the witch doctor of the, of the chevra with the bone, you know, through his hair, um, said, no, we're not savages. You are. To these newspaper guys, and they said, "What are you talking about?" He says, "We eat two to three people a day. That's how we. That's how we, right? They go to war and they, they capture and they eat them, right? So, um, but you guys just bombed Iraq and killed twenty six or thirty thousand people, and you didn't even eat them. You kill for power and oil. You're savages." You didn't even eat them. You could have, there would have been enough, we don't, in a lifetime of a cannibal, we don't eat 30,000 people. So, so, without the Torah saying you can't eat people, you could eat people. Yes. Without the Torah saying you can't eat people, you could eat Because in a world where a lion eats a deer, where a lion eats a deer, and the big fish eats a little fish, and the big insect eats a little insect, the reason that the strong guy can't, can't eat the little guy is because the Torah says it's murder and you can't murder. Leisirtzach. But if it didn't say Leisirtzach, cannibal. Right, so to you it's disgusting because we have a Torah and the Torah sets a certain thing. But everything that's adultery, right? Adultery, you can't commit adultery because the Torah says you can't commit adultery. That's why you can't commit adultery. You can't steal because the Torah says you can't steal. What do you mean? I'm bigger, I'm stronger, right? I'm going to beat him up and take his money. And then someone who's bigger than me is going to beat me up and take my money. That's the law of the world. That's the law of the wild. The answer is no, you can't do that. So we have laws. The Torah has law. You can't, you can't go shoot people. Even if you have all types of ideas and whatever you want, you can't go shoot people. And if you do, we're going we're to kill you. Someone who has aid him that he killed somebody has to be killed. So, so this whole world, the Zima and everything that's going on in this world is only because of Tishabav. It's only because of Tishabav. It's only because the base of Migdash was destroyed, but not the destruction of the base of Migdash, but the leaving of God from his, from his Migdash, his Shekhanti Basakham, from him living in our neighborhood and running, and, and running the world from there and us being able to see his presence on that level on Yom Kippur, that's gone. And that's the Avelus that you're supposed to have coming up this Sunday when you're sitting on the floor you're supposed to be crying for a father that lost his children. Yes, we lost our father, so to say. But that's not the same pain as a father losing his children and his house and his country and his land and his city. Holocaust. God's been in a Holocaust for, for over 2,000 years. And if you don't feel that, then you're not, you're not going through Tisha B'Av correctly. Rabbi Gamliel's feeling that I'm giving over. It's a different thought. It's a different thought. So we're very strict about not talking, not talking by davening. So we sit down every every tishabov, and what do we say? Next year, right, Mashiach. Next year, the third base on Mikdash. Let me ask you girls a question. The father has a son, and the son comes to his father and says, um, I'm getting married and I need a starter house. 
you know, a little house, starter house, not a big house. I'm just me and my wife. Well, I says, okay, I'm going to buy you a starter house. Buys in the starter house. Two, three years later, the kid comes to his father and says, Dad, the starter house is not room, not, not enough room anymore. I, I want like one of those big 40 by 100s and flat. I want a big, I want you to build me like this big castle, this big, beautiful house. Father well, says, I hear you. Let me see how you're taking care of the house that I bought you. So he goes into his son's house. Railings are broken. Carpets ripped. Light bulbs aren't, aren't working. Dishes are in the sink turning green. The place is a pigsty. Leaking roof. The guy never changed the bulb. He never did anything to upkeep the house. The house is in shreds. The father says, You want me to build your palace? With beautiful center hall, marble floors, beautiful kitchen, right? Chandeliers. You can't even take care of a starting house, starter house. Why would I build you? I can imagine what you're going to do to my other house. No way. First, let me see you clean up this house, use it correctly, fix everything, take care of it the way you're supposed to, and then I'll build you a bigger house. So we always sit. And we say to Hashem, because Baruch Hu, I need you to build me Besamikdash, Baishashlishi. Hashem says, okay, I hear you. Let's go check out right now a shul, Besamikdash, right? It's considered a Migdash Ma'at. We don't have a Besamikdash. So a Besamikdash today is shul, is a, a Besamikdash. Because Baruch Hu comes to shul. This guy's looking at his phone. This guy's talking to his friend. This guy's walking in with no socks, moccasins. This guy's walking in with shorts, right? This guy's walking in with his T-shirt. The other guy's walking out with his sisters hanging out, right? It looks like a gym. So Shem says, one second. You want me to build a base Hamidosh with a shulchan and a menorah and an Kodesh and a Kodesh Kedoshim and Kruvim you want me to build this huge palace, but you can't even take care of my little house that I gave you. You're not even respecting and treating it the way it should be. So I'm going to wait until you treat my shuls, and you don't talk by davening, and you come to shul with a jacket and a hat, not because you're from, but because when you go to a meeting, you wear a tie. You know not one guy in shul that's in shorts or just got off his bicycle from a gym and walks in like that would ever go to a multi-million real estate closing dealing in, or in front of a buyer dressed like that. So Hashem's like, I don't, I don't hop. You want me to, I should build your base of Midrash with Kahanim, with a Choshen and an Eightfold and all the big day kahuna. Look what you look like right now. I, I built a little shul. It's a model. I want to see how you guys do that. You can't even do that. So I should build your base on Mikdash. Another kavana on on uh, another kavana on on Tishabov that we need to treat our Mikdash Ma'at to set an example so Hashem will see that we treat it with honor, we dress with honor, we look with honor. I got guys that, that one night I was by Landos, a guy came into the shore with his bicycle. He got off his bicycle, had that funny helmet and that tight stuff on that he was wearing, lycra, whatever they wear, right? He, and he came into shul, and the rabbi said, the rabbi said, you got to take the bicycle out of shul. And he said, what are you kidding me? It's a titanium bicycle. So he said, I was there. It's a titanium bicycle. It's worth $7,000. I am not leaving that outside of shul. He said, no, just in the hallway, not before you walk into the actual shul. He goes, I'm not leaving it out there. So they got into a whole thing. He says, you're not leaving it in here. He says, I'm not leaving it out there. And I opened my fat mouth, and I shouldn't have gotten involved, but I got involved. And the bicycle ended up out there, but, but it wasn't, uh, it was a 12 o'clock meeting. I was like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Like, could you imagine a claim riding up to the base of Mikdash, getting off with his like or stuff, and saying, listen, uh, right next to the Kruvim, I'd like to, you know, chain my bicycle to the Kruvim, because cause it's $7,000. You couldn't even think when, you, when you're doing the, the Carbonos, you couldn't even think about something else, or it's called Piggle. 
you know, the carbon's no good. If you had a thought, if you made a mistake with Kodesh Kedoshim, you thought it was Kachikalim, it was one day you're allowed to eat it, but, but really it was, you, it was two days, but you thought it was one day, whatever it is, and you had a wrong thought, gone, carbon's done. You couldn't even think about something wrong. Okay, we're not talking about that by davening, but at least come to shore, park your bicycle in shore, and don't come in shorts, and don't come with the halacha that you can't come with, with bare feet. You can't come to shore with bare feet. Can you imagine going? I, I, I'm a businessman, and many times I don't want to wear a tie to show. I don't want to wear a tie to show. I'm t- I want to feel a little bit in the morning, right? And I put my tie on anyway because I'm like every business meeting I go to, I wear a tie. When I give a shear, and I know they're filming it, I'm not saying my shirt open. I'm wearing a tie, so I'm like, so like, how can I not give Hashem that cheshibas? If I never wore a tie, so they can't really say anything. But you wear a tie when I go to a meeting. I never, never went to a meeting in my life in business, forty years in business. Without a tie on? How can I go to Barnes & Noble to meet the buyer and chairman of the book without a tie? Friday, they, they have dress down. But not, uh, not the, not the sale. I can't go in there dress, like my jeans. It's not, it's not covered. It's not covered for a person. Cause you want to get the order. Hello? Don't you want to get the order from Hashem? Don't want you to get what you got. You, you came to shul for a reason. Right? When I go to a meeting, I go for a reason. I, I want, give me a big order. So you come to shul to get a big order. Right, life, health, shidduch, whatever it is. You're coming to get a big order. So you're coming, you're coming in sneakers? You're coming, you're coming and dressed down? When you come to get a big order? You're talking to your friend? You're looking at your phone? How come the Muslims take off their shoes? I have no idea. I'm not like, a Muslim. Doesn't it make more sense because it's clean? Like, you, people step on who knows what. Then you start losing at people's toes and... Figure, <laughs> that guy got a, that guy got a better pedicure than me. And, you know... It's not covered. No, because my brother was, when he was younger, he was So, younger. because I'll tell you why. I don't know why they do it, but when, when Moshe Rabbeinu was standing by the bush, by the, first of all, Kahanim in the base of Megiddush, no shoes. Right, so why don't we... So I'll tell you why. First of all, the reason why, it's very, very deep reason. When Moshe Rabbeinu was by the bush, Hashem said, take your shoes off your feet. Don't stand on me with shoes. Because... It's a very deep, it's a, it's a, I think that Rizal even says it. So, so, shoes separate you, you from the ground, from the arets. Okay? When you're standing on the ground, what separates you from the ground? All your clothing doesn't separate you from the ground. The, the shoe is the last thing on the bottom of your foot. Hashem said in a holy place, your goof, your body, your goof, and the, and the holy, and the holy place should be directly connected. There shouldn't be anything in between. So when he stood, by the snare, Hashem said, take off your shoes because the, it was a very holy place, right, Har Maria. So your feet should be directly on the earth. When a Koyan did the, in the Beis Amigdash, in fact, it, it says that the floor was cold in the Beis Amigdash in the winter. It was a little bit cold. The Koyan used to get sick a little bit because they ate roasted meat and they had cold feet. So they needed a little bit of all the time. But their, 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 their feet were in blood. So, so if they were wearing clothing or shoes... It would become bloody, and if if the coins beg it, in fact, they, they wore shorts. Their pants went to their knees because the rest of their foot was in Pesach time. It says the blood was up to their knees from 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 the carbonos. So if you have blood on your clothing, you're not allowed to do the avodah. You have to be perfectly clean. So if they would be walking in the blood, there would be no way for them not to have blood on their clothing. So blood on their feet was fine, but you couldn't have blood on your clothing. So I don't know why the Muslims do it. I can't tell you why they do it. Maybe because of Moshe Rabbeinu over there, that whole story. I have no idea. But but the Mishabruah says just the opposite. It's not covered. It's not covered to Hashem to have bare feet, to come in flip-flops. It's not covered. It's not. Imagine imagine, imagine me walking into a Barnes & Noble business meeting in flip-flops, no socks. Come on. I'm not going to the pool. Like, come on. It's not. It's not respectful today. What? Leather. Nothing. You don't have to take off your shoes. You're wearing your socks. You can't. You can't be barefoot. But you could wear. You could wear. Um, what's it called? Non-leather. It's a problem with leather. You, if you have slippers, non-leather, you don't have to take them off. My father had had uh, like on Yom Kippur. He had those Yom Kippur shoes. He didn't. You don't take it. I don't take them off. Right, because it's leather. They're all wearing leather shoes. So you take it off. I take it off. I'm a coin, but if I'm not wearing leather shoes, Shabbos you have to wear leather shoes. You can't come in 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 in, in Yom Kippur shoes. Yom Kippur don't take them off. You don't have to take them off. 
unless they look like leather, so then people will think, but you don't have to take them off. I heard you're that you're not allowed to step on the ground to begin with because, like, the ground's turf. So, like, that's already, I, I don't know that it makes sense, but you're not supposed to walk around in your house barefoot, it says. And all those who do kiyaif, if you walk barefoot, it'll bring you to be very poor. That's what it says. And it also says you shouldn't wear barefoot. Also, you're not allowed to walk around in socks because that's how a Valem walk. Mourners don't wear shoes. So therefore, my, every time, anytime I'd ever come home, take my shoes off and not put my slippers on, my father would step on my toes. He would never let me walk in the house in socks. It's very scary. Cause it, it's how, it's a, how a, an oval walks. But we're not talking about home. We're talking, but you shouldn't walk barefoot at home either. No, he said if the floor you Right. Okay, but the floor. Yeah, the floor. Whatever. There's there's reasons for there's reasons for everything. But we're not allowed to wear. The Mishabura says you're not allowed. You 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 can't wear sandals without without socks. You can't have bare feet. It's not covered. It's not covered. Especially if you have fungus in your nails. Then what are you going to do? <laughs> Everyone's going to be looking at you. Did you cut your nails? You're not going to. What? We don't bow down either like the Muslims. We're not allowed to. Only on Yom Kippur. We don't bow down. We're not allowed to bow down. On Tisha B'Av. If you never lost anybody in your life, it's a little bit harder to get to that place. But if you ever lost somebody, you know the pain of loss. And if you know the pain of loss, you just move it over to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But um, we're going to get to a little bit, maybe say we won't, maybe we won't. If you if you have a relationship with Hashem, I went a few weeks ago, for the first time in my life, to Europe. And I went to Prague. I went to the Moralmi Prague. And there's a concentration camp there with a crematorium. And being that I'm a Kohen, I never went to Auschwitz because you you know, there's just too many dead bodies. You can't, as a Kohen, you're not allowed to go in there. This is the first time I ever went to a concentration camp. And I just started crying like a baby because I looked at a crematorium for the first time in my life and and realized that, that these people um, when they were brought to the crematorium they were already dead. It wasn't a gas chamber. Right? And they have these like thousands of graves around this crematorium. Thousands of graves. And I, I was just standing there. I was just crying because I was like I was like it's so painful to have lost so many people and they all believed and they all said Shema Yisrael and the last words they said were Shema Yisrael and the yeshiva that I went to they were like they were so moved y- yeah if you disconnect from all your garbage from all your stupidities your movies all the stuff that's not real in life right the movies which are not real it's all fake the actor dies and the actor is in the next movie what are you crying about it's an actor it's an actress crying at a Disney movie give me a break Right, because they're not because they're not talking to each other anymore. Zumba and Bumba, whatever, whatever. Like, what do you, right? So, so when you're not real, you're right. You can't you can't have real feelings because you're you're so full of unreal feelings. You're crying about a book, about something that never really happened. But a person who spends time with themselves, and and becomes real, then you feel the world, and you feel the happiness of the world, and you feel the pain of the world. When you strip away the lack of reality, then a flower has a smell and a food has a taste and a person's emotion has a feeling. But when you're so busy, Baruch Hashem, I'm not because I don't have an iPhone. I don't have a smartphone. I don't live in a WhatsApp world and a MySpace, all this other Instagram and all this stupidities and watching other people and I'm cooking my my eggs right now and everybody's, she has 60,000 followers. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have 60,000 followers. Somebody said today, you gotta advertise Tish, you gotta advertise Tisha Bug. She has 425,000 followers. I said, she? She has 425. What does she do? She's a chef. I'm like, there are 425,000 people following a chef? Well, Shabano should have been a chef. Imagine everybody would have followed him instead of fighting with him. Right? It's such a fake world. What are you following a chef? 
She's cooking for you at home? No. It's yenta. It's just yenta. It's just yenta. Yeshiva world. I don't, I don't have yeshiva world. I have no idea. I found, I found out people got killed without yeshiva world. I found out there were foxes in, in Haramaria, like it was in the times of Rabbi Akiva, without yeshiva world I heard about it. I heard about the lady who was 104 years old by the Kaisel. I heard about it. I heard about it all. I don't have any of it. So when you live in a when you live in a real world and you have real emotions, then yeah, you could sit on the floor and think about Hashem. And and, and I think about that, you know, there's a pusset. It's very sad. I really, you have to have a relationship with it. If you don't have a relationship with it, then nothing's sad. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is really what I was supposed to speak on Tisha, but now I have to write a whole new speech. <laughs> Just Torah anytime. You're killing me! No, you're not. You're the best thing that ever happened to the internet. Anyway, um, listen to this. Huh? What's the Shabbat over here? 100%. I'm speaking, Jack Vitone speaking, Charlie Harawi speaking. We got a whole, the whole day. The whole day, Tishabov. What's the Shabbat Sunday? Whole day. I should do the advertisement. Do we have a flyer? No, there should be a flyer on the wall. Not a fly on the wall, a flyer on the wall outside. <laughs> Listen to this. You want to hear sad? You want to hear sad? Hashem creates the whole world. I love Hashem. What should I tell you? We have a relationship. And not everything is great. Stuff happens to me too. It's okay. If you believe, I'm into this. Somebody asked me two days ago, Mary Wallstein, I, I don't get this Imuna bit. What is Imuna? What is Imuna? What is Imuna? I said, I finally figured out what Imuna is. You know what Imuna is? I promise you, you never heard this before. Surrender. Imuna means... My life's your life. Everything is yours. My shidduch, my this, my that, whatever. I surrender. I'm not fighting you no more. I'm not trying to control my life. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But if that's the way you want me to go, it's like my, my muscle in my head when I came up with this is a sailboat. You put your sail up. The wind blows from the east. We'll go east. Wind blows from the north. We'll go north. Wind blows from the west. What do you, you can't fight it. You have a sailboat. You have no oars. You have no motor. You can't fight it. You're in a sailboat and the sail's up. You can't fight the wind. Stop fighting, everybody. Stop fighting. Surrender. It's so much of a better life. It's so much of a better life. I don't know how people live with not having a motor. But anyway, so here, Hashem creates the whole world, right? And this is what he says. Can you imagine God's creator? And he had this great meaning of creating the world and people are going to come and they're going to be neshamas and they're going to grow and, and they're going to make brachas and, 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 and it's going to be like amazing until we did the Avera. Vayar Elohim. After six days of creation. Vayar Elohim es kol asha And Hashem saw everything that he did. Vihine and behold, tov mo'od. It was great. Girls, it was great. Trees and butterflies and, and, and a human being and two human beings that Hashem created with his own hands. Very cool. They weren't born. They didn't have a belly button. No belly button. Other Machav had no belly button because they had no umbilical cord. They didn't come from a mommy. Ta- a mommy. So, no, no belly button. So, everything was great. Everything was amazing. He looked down at his world. He didn't say, being a toiv. I did a good job. No. Toiv mo'oid. It's, wow. Look what I just created. Picasso, the best painting. Hashem just created the, like the best world for us. Okay? How long did that last? So that's Pasik Lamed Aleph. Lamed. Yeah, Lamed Aleph. Now, end the posture. You know, I have this sheer cold. Turn the page. You ready, everyone? End the posture. We don't got to go. We don't have to go to Noach. End the posture. Vayar Hashem, and Hashem saw ki Rabba Royce Ha'adam Baaretz. 
Hashem saw the wickedness. Ra! From Tov Ma'od to Ra in one parsha. The wickedness of the human being. Yes, he could kill, uh, he could kill a child in a mother's womb after it has a heartbeat. Yes, you could kill, go in and shoot 22 people for whatever you want to shoot and we're not going to even check where you came from or who you are. And if you have, no, they're just bad. Bad to the bone. And all he thought about, all he thinks about all day, what is he thinking about all day? Rock ra, kolhayan. Just about being bad. From tov ma'od to I created these people and all they do all day is think about how they can do their lust, their evil, murder, whatever it is. We don't understand what the next Pasuk means because Hashem doesn't make mistakes. But Yinochem Hashem, and Hashem felt bad. He reconsidered. Ki that he made man. Should have made the world, let the animals live. They, nothing would have, all this evil that we have, you know, it would be female animals with male animals. But we have to create human beings, start doing all kinds of mashchism, all kinds of stuff. Hashem became sad. Now, most of the people listening to this, you have no emotions about this at all. It's God, he's sad, he's happy. I'm thinking to myself, I created this place. I work so hard. It's so beautiful. And then someone comes along and destroys it. Not only they destroy it, but they use what I created for beauty for ugliness. So... No, it's sad. It's not mad. I would be sad. I wouldn't be mad. I'd be sad that what I created for, you know, I, 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 I bought you a beautiful ring and you took that ring and threw it on the floor and kept stepping on it until it was broken into a million pieces. I'm not angry. I'm sad that I, 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 I created something for you. I made this beautiful thing for you and you don't appreciate it. I'm not, I'm not angry at you. I'm sad. Like, hello? I'd be crying. Like, what are you doing? You're my daughter. You're my wife. What are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? I love you. I, I made this for you. Why are you breaking into 100 pieces? That's not angry. That's, that's broken. That's sad. So, Hashem, does he have emotions? He, he can only, Hashem can only make us, he's giving us these emotions so that Rabbi Wallstein and, and you should all feel bad. You should feel his sadness. He's not sad. But you should feel his sadness. So it has to use these words. The, the human being is, is a, he destroyed this whole world. I have to destroy it. But then Hashem saw that there's one human being in the world, Noach, who's Matzachim Bein Hashem. There's one person that appreciates it. Um, when I first opened BCA, my high school, it was a crazy struggle. And I got a, first day I opened up, I came into class. They were angry girls because they were, went through all kinds of abuse. And I wanted to talk to them about Hashem. They didn't want any part of it. They came to BCA because they wanted an English regent's diploma. No Hebrew rabbi. Don't talk to us about God. We're done with God. And I'm, I'm not judging them because, because you know what? They pointed a finger at Hashem because they felt all their trauma came from Hashem. But whatever. So they were very angry at God. But I ha- my job is to bring God to your, into your world. And um, it's not even my job. I, I want to do it for you. Seriously, for everyone that's watching. Because without him, you're done. You, you, you have a miserable life because you think stuff just happens randomly and like you're unlucky and, and there's no meaning to life and there's no meaning to anything. You could shoot people. You, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. So, so, they, so I got up and I said, you have to look at Hashem as your father. And a girl got up in class, no problem, said, yup, an abusive father. Like that, straight up. I was like, okay. That's, that's her feeling. She's very hurt. It's okay. And then I said, but, even if you feel that, that it, but Baruch Hashem, at least, at least you have a, a, a family around you, the Jewish family. We care. We love you. And she goes, family? The Jewish family is the most dysfunctional family, abusive father, dysfunctional family. And I don't want any part of this. Now I'm here to learn English. And she got him walked out. First year I taught, God walked. It was, it was rough. It was rough. But, 
there were one or two girls that really grew and really were doing better. And I said, I remember saying, we're like, oh, should we open it up next year? And I'm like, for one girl, it's, it's, it's worth it. Now, Baruch Hashem, it's a lot different than that. And, and most of the, it happens to be the first year, two years, most of those girls turn out amazing. 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 So, so Hashem said, Nichamti, Kiesisem. But the next, the next part is like, oh man, I did all this, I did all this. And, and look what's going on. And then, oh, one second, there's a Noach. There's one person that, that believes in me, then, then it's worth it. The whole world's worth it. So, if there's anyone in this room or anybody watching, and they're, they do care about Hashem, and it does hurt them, that Hashem doesn't have a home, and doesn't have a city, and doesn't have a country, and he's not going, what's a Tishabov home to his house? He's getting back on the Kisa Gavad, but he's not getting on his chair when we get on a chair because it says in the Medrash that the whole Tishabov he's on the floor, and, and, and the Malachim are all crying and screaming, that Hashem shouldn't be on the floor, and Hashem says, if I hear another word from you, I'm going to go into my room and sit on the floor by myself. That's what he says. And then the Malachim back off. It's a Medrash Echa. So, so that's, that's, that's what that's what Gamil was saying. Gamil was saying that when you really want Mashiach, the reason to want Mashiach is not because someone's sick, or you want to get married, or maybe Hashem will straighten out your husband after Mashiach comes, or for whatever other reason you have in your pocket that your grandmother will come back and be tchis and mesim and everyone's going to live happily ever after. The Ramam says you're an apikairis. Not, you're not so good, you're an apikairis. He said, and this is what Rebbe Gamliel was saying, he said the only reason you should want Mashiach is that Hashem should have back his children and his home. That's it. It's about God. It's not, Mashiach's not about us. It's not about us. Because we, we got, you know, we got nice houses and cars and food and and family and he doesn't. So the reason you want Mashiach is that Akash should get back his his earth, his his world and and his children and, and his Shina and that's the only reason. Any other reason that Ramam says you're not Bikiris, you got it all wrong, you're selfish. You want Mashiach back so you see your grandmother? That's not what's going on over here. While, while, while Hashem's in pain like this, and, 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 and every single day by Hashem is Tishabov, and you, you're worried about your grandma seeing somebody again, or somebody getting healthy, you're, you're, you're thinking minute. Because if Mashiach comes, all that stuff gets fixed anyway. But that's not the reason you want Mashiach. Oh, so many people are divorced. So, oh, we, 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 we. Mashiach has to come. No, Mashiach has to come because the whole world says there is no God. And because most of us have no connection to God, you're right. And we can't cry on Tishabov because of the destruction of the basement. We can watch the Holocaust, we can watch the Holocaust and we can cry, and you should cry. And we can watch our brothers and sisters die, and nobody has a problem crying. But when you think about God losing everybody, mm, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get in touch with that, because you don't have a relationship with Him. If you don't have a relationship, of course you can't get in touch with it. Tishabov is the yantif, because it can get you closer to Hashem than Yom Kippur. It can get you closer to Yom Kippur. You're doing tshuva. It's about you. I don't want to burn. I don't want to. I want to. I want to get a shidduch. Please don't hit me. Please. It's like Yom Kippur. It's all about you. Tisha was about him. Tisha was about him, not us. It's about Hashem. That's what you have to focus on. Some of you might hear pieces of this Tisha of night. Depends how much time I have to prepare a new shir. But um, that's the kavana that we need to have on Tisha B'Av. And if we have that kavana, then Hashem will say, you know what? They know how to take care of my little house. I built them. I'll build them a big house. Thank you for coming in this weather. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.